Binding arbitration is another example of how business has hijacked capitalism, true capitalism. Binding arbitration came about, I believe, in the 1930s, and it was a method to speed up the resolution of disputes between corporations and government. That has now morphed into every business, or virtually every business, has a binding arbitration clause in their contract when dealing with consumers. And what this means for those of you that haven't had to go through this process is that you're going to have an individual. It could be a single individual like myself or pick somebody on the street that becomes the judge and the jury. And their decision is final. You can't appeal it to an appeals court. And the decision that they come up with, they, they don't have to use prior case law to justify how it is that they came to their decision. So you have these arbitration associations and individual arbitrators that large companies recommend or require when you do business with that company. So when they defraud you, when they steal from you, when they build you a faulty product, when they build something that kills you or a family member, you are bound by that binding arbitration. And that arbitrator knows he or she will never see you again. You'll never be in front of them again. They don't owe you anything. But if that arbitrator wants to continue doing business with that large corporation, if they don't want that corporation to choose another arbitration association or to go find another arbitrator, they'll find in favor of that large corporation. Not all of them but many, many of them. That's why that tool is so powerful. And what it's done is it's taken away your rights to have a jury of your peers hear the case and to either mete out punishment or to say, look, you you don't have a case here. The company didn't do anything wrong. But it's a jury of your peers. And I'll give you an example of why binding arbitration can work so well for a company, and you fare so poorly. So you buy a house, and in the contract for purchasing the house, there's a binding arbitration clause. Now, that that home builder, big or small, they build you a house that has defects, whether it's a bad foundation or faulty framing or faulty electrical, and something goes terribly wrong. And instead of a jury you having the ability to take that company to trial and have a jury of your peers decide what the punishment's going to be for that builder or what the financial impact's going to be for that builder to make you whole again, you've got a single person that's beholden to that company. Folks, it's no longer capitalism. The problem in that scenario with the home builder and the homeowner that the builder has is finding 12 jurors or even six jurors that haven't bought a home that's been filled with problems and had to deal with their builder and and saw how unimportant that homeowner was whenever they appealed to their builder to repair things. Now, that's just one example. 
But capitalism, which is touted by one or both of the political parties, is not really capitalism. And, and as the weeks and the months go by, I'm going to give you more examples of how you don't have a fair shake with your business anymore. And they're circling the wagons. What they've done is they've cleverly turned us all into the word police to where you can't say anything at any time about anybody or any company lest you might offend them or lest you might slander them. And that's being done not for you or I. That's not being done to protect the common guy. They're circling the wagons. At some point in the not-too-distant future, these companies are going to deliver a product to you that is so unsafe or doesn't do what it's supposed to do at the very least, and you won't even be able to complain about it because your ability to utilize your free speech is has a stranglehold being put on it. It's a slow, methodical process. While, while you're busy wondering where you're going to get the money to pay your bills, to feed your family, to make your house payment, those businesses are scheming about how they're going to get more of your money from you and how they're going to tighten the noose on what it is that you can say and can't say. You know, when I was a kid, there was a saying that went something like this, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And if you live by that and you look at when someone is saying something badly about you or somebody else, when you look at that as a reflection on that person, you pretty much do away with their ability to hurt you. But what we've done is we've taught generations of children now that they should be afraid and very afraid, and they should allow the name-calling that goes on They should allow that name-calling to bother them, to cause them grief. And if if you think about it, there's no end to the amount of words and the number of people on this planet where we can have a situation where somebody can say something that won't offend someone somewhere. So if you've got 370 million people in America, or however many people are are in our country right now, and you keep introducing words that you teach our kids that, oh, that's hurtful, you know, you've got to go get counseling now, as opposed to teaching them, look, that's a reflection on the person that called you that. It has nothing to do with you. you. It it means nothing. That, That person only has energy and only has power over you if you let them. So we've created an environment where business and government can keep introducing new words every 90 to 120 days to keep distracting you. Folks, we're in big trouble. We've got to reverse this trend, and it begins with you and I. We've got to have a plan. We've got to have a goal, and we've got to have plans, definitive plans. Let's get to work on that.